right. Chapter three, we left off uh, this morning uh, talking about uh, the I believe it was the old gate. We covered the sheep gate, which speaks of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. He's the one, first one that's mentioned. It's the most important. It's there at the temple. And uh, let me just show you. Uh, I did get my picture. Hopefully it'll be decent that you can here. There we go. So the first one that's mentioned uh, is is the sheep gate uh, right up here to the north. Uh, coming in very close to the temple area. And then the order they're given in the Bible of chapter 3 here is, is counterclockwise. Going to the fish gate, the old gate. We'll get to a several other. I don't know if we'll get all the way through it, but we're going to hit the valley gate. Um, this is the the valley of, of Hinnom uh, here. And then come down to the dung gate, fountain gate. Water gate, the horse gate, east gate, or the inspection gate here. And then it will, uh, we'll see at the end, it will mention the sheep gate again. It finishes, begins with the sheep gate. And uh, if you can see that again, it begins with the sheep gate. And then in verse 31 uh, of the chapter, it mentions it again. So uh, that's just to kind of give you an idea. It, it's probably not perfect, <laughs> but uh, but at least gives you a general idea of, of where the uh, the gates uh, speaking of in this context. But they were bur- they were burnt to the ground, folks. They it was it was just a bunch of rubble. It was just a wasteland, and it was an embarrassment. And the fire of God is in the heart of Nehemiah. The, the people have called on as well and said, let us rise up and build. There's unity. There's excitement. And uh, they go to work in chapter 3. We've discovered and, and explained how they are working together by the grace of God. It's a beautiful picture of the local church. What we should be doing right now. And what I believe we are doing, by the way. God's doing a work here. And, uh, and it's obvious. He gets all the glory but we just want him to keep bringing it on. Amen. Uh, we don't want to get all dried up and, uh, and stale. We want to be fresh. We want to be focused. We want to be fervent. And, um, and I trust the Lord will help us in that. But we, we came here to the sheep gate. And then we went to the fish gate. We talked about how Christians are called to be fishers of men. And uh, thank the Lord for that. Then the old gate, the old paths, just sticking to the book of uh, the, the basics, the book of Acts, uh, the praying, the preaching, the teaching, uh, the, the soul winning, uh, the unity, the fellowship, the assembling together, uh, persecution, uh, by the way. Uh, you know, the old paths are going to bring some persecution. Now, we may not see it to the degree of some of our other brothers and sisters see it like over in the Middle East. Over in Asia, uh, even in areas of Europe, uh, they, there's serious persecution that is there. We don't see it to a, a, a very high degree here, but hey, it could come. In some areas of our country, it is there in, in a more severe way. Uh, even our neighboring country uh, to the north, Canada, you got several pastors have been locked up just because they're protesting at an abortion clinic. Oh, yes. Locking them up. And, uh, and, uh, just recently over in England, uh, there was this woman, uh, she was standing out in an abortion clinic and she was not even saying anything. 
uh, she was not even holding up a sign. And they got it on video. I saw it in my own two eyes. The policeman uh, came over there and uh, she said, uh, you are uh, under arrest, ma'am. She said, for what? She said, he said, you're disturbing the peace. She says, I, I'm, I am not. I'm praying silently here. And she said, you can't do that. This is disturbing the peace. Hey, listen, that's right there. That's right there in England. Okay. I mean, I'm telling you, the old path, stacking with conviction, with the spirit of Daniel, the spirit of the three Hebrew boys that went into the fire, and uh, and the Son of Man being there, the Nehemiahs, the Pauls, and the Peters, I believe it's high time for the people of God to stand up and be the same way. Amen. And we just get some backbone and some courage and be, be able to do it with the love of Jesus Christ. But folks, we're on the offense, okay? I just, I just, I, I, I'm, we're not called to play defense. Now, the Bible talks about defending the faith. And the Bible talks about the armor of God, which protects and defends the shield of faith. Praise God, quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked. But don't forget about the sword of the Spirit. That's an offensive weapon. We go forward with the sword. And I want to tell you this, too, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible says that we are... The church of God. We are the church. We are Jesus' church. He's the head. We're the body. And do you know what he says? He says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Let us not forget. Sometimes we get this idea that we're, that's a, 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 the defense. It's, they're not going to come against us. But as we see, gates are very important for a city, right? Well, it's talking about the, the, the city gates of the darkness of hell on this earth. Where Satan has his kingdom set up, where he's got families on lockdown. He's got them in bondage. He's got villages, towns. He's got workplaces. He's got cities. He's got places right around here that, that uh, he's got gates up. Because he's got people in bondage. And Jesus says, let me tell you right now, they won't hold up against a church that's on fire for God. Hey man, brother, that's what I'm talking about. God's doing a work in our hearts. We gotta realize God says He makes a promise. You go forward in faith, those gates of hell will not stand against the church of Jesus Christ. We can go forward in faith. We can go forward in confidence. And I believe we have got to do that, church. We've, we've took it, taken it easy long enough and we've relaxed long enough. God's putting a fire in our hearts and we've got to go Forward, believing that He is going to break the forces of hell around us. He is going to shine the kingdom of light into the kingdom of darkness. And lives are going to be changed. Oh, through the glory of God. Our lives are being changed while we're doing it. It's beautiful. And we give Him the glory, don't we? We see here uh, the old gate, the old pass. That's what we're sticking with. And then we see the valley gate. The valley gate, notice with me, is found in verse 13 of chapter 3. It says, the valley gate. The valley gate repaired Hanun and the inhabitants of Zenoah. They built it and set up doors thereof, the locks thereof, and the bars thereof, and a thousand cubits on the wall unto the dung gate. So we see here the valley gate and the dung gate are pretty close in proximity, they're pretty close there together, overlooking this great deep valley. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about the valley gate. 
Several valleys surround Jerusalem. I've never been there in person. I've seen pictures. How many here have been to Jerusalem? Okay. Anybody else? All right. Well, they say it's just it's just a a, a really a a life changing event uh, to be able to go see the the sites where uh, Jesus walked and taught and preached and others like Paul and and those of the Old Testament Abraham and David. Pretty fascinating, but it's surrounded by valleys. And this gate uh, opened up to the, the valley of Hinnom. And uh, this, va- this gate, I believe, speaks of trials. We know that uh, we know in Psalm 23, it talks about a valley, right? Uh, Though I walk through the valley of what? The shadow of death. It's, it's, a, it's a time of, of trying. It's a dark time. And it, though, though it's, thank God, it's a shadow and a shadow can't harm us. Um, but, but it is a trying time. And the, and the Bible speaks of, of valleys. And that, in, in fact, valleys also speaks of going low, getting, getting in deep waters. There's a great song. I'd love to hear a group of men sing it, Brother Mike. But it's, I believe, the Steadfast Faith, uh, the, the Project Ten Men. Have you heard of them, brother? Anyway, I'll get that song for you. You just make a note, but it's called um, uh, Deep Waters. And uh, it is a beautiful song about walking with God in deep waters by faith. But I, I believe this valley gate is speaking of trials, uh, speaking of humility. Uh, when the Bible talks about getting low, it's speaking of, it's speaking of humility, speaking of a contrite heart. It's it. This is what we understand. And and we need to understand when it comes to the valleys of life, God will bring us low in order that we can grow. Let me say that again. God will bring us low in order that we can grow, that we can grow in grace. You see, we start off mighty high. And God has ways of, of bringing us low, and He does it in the most uh, perfect manner that He knows will work best for each of us. They're, they're custom-made. The valleys are for each of us. And, they're, and, and listen, just because you're going through a trial doesn't mean you're being punished. Okay? That's not what trials are now. Sometimes they are self-inflicted wounds. We all experience those, don't we? Yes. Uh, we all experience uh, those it's kind of like the, when you when you hammering away at a nail and a board and you put your thumb too close and whack how you hit your thumb you just know and and um, you have nice pretty rosy thoughts at that time but uh, but you know that's a self inflicted wound isn't it uh, there's times we do that in the Christian life we bring it on ourselves and we all confess that and understand that but listen a lot of times trials are God just saying, hey, I'm, I'm about to take you deeper in your walk with me. You and I are about to get closer, God says. You're about to know me on an intimate level that a lot of people don't know. It's the valley. Here are some verses to think about. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 7, it says, The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and he lifteth up. 
Psalm 116, verse 6 says, The Lord preserveth the simple. Now, the simple can be used in a couple ways in the Proverbs and Psalms. Sometimes it's talking about a foolish person. But it also can be translated in an open-minded person. Someone who is just open to the workings of God. And that's the context of Psalm 116, verse 6. The Lord preserveth the simple, the open-hearted and open-minded. And then he says, I was brought low. I love this. I was brought low and he helped me. That's the message there. James 1, 9 says, let the brother of low degree rejoice. Why? In that he is exalted. That, that, that verse, I don't believe I've really given a lot of attention to that verse before. Usually it's up a little further, you know, the, uh, the trials that he's talking about in James. You know, count it all joy when you fall in the diver's temptations and, and let patience have her perfect work. That you may be entire and wanting or uh, lacking nothing. But, but you get on down to verse 9. Of course, verse 12, it talks about he that endureth temptation shall receive the crown of life. But this verse 9 says, let the brother, you can, the context is sister, any, any, any believer of, of in a low spot in their life, a valley, you're in a valley, this is the encouragement, rejoice in that he is exalted. God is taking you low so that he can bring you up. And it's... It's God's plan. But that's the valley gate. You may be going through a valley right now. Let God have his way. You're getting to know him a lot better. And that is a gift, is it not, brethren? When we get to know him better and on a more intimate, meaningful uh, level, that's, that's important. So let's realize that and um, give him praise. Then notice the dung gate. That's uh, right, not far away. Now, the dung gate, uh, this valley uh, speaks of where Jerusalem's uh, refuse and, and, and really rubbish was taken out through the dung gate. Uh, just all the waste, now, you name it. Uh, it was removed and taken uh, through this gate and emptied out in the same valley. Uh, where it would be burned. And this is also the reference that Jesus referred to often when he was talking about hell. Um, and and uh, he would refer again to the burning, but what he was talking about, of course, would be the everlasting burning, the eternal fire. But, uh, but that, that's this dung gate. Now, what does this mean for us? Well, I believe it is speaking about the confession of sin. Why? Because that, brethren, is getting rid of waste. And we need to do it every day. That stuff doesn't need to stay inside, amen? It's just going to sit in there and rot and contaminate everything else in us. And so what we do as believers is we take it to the Lord. We release that, that garbage, that waste that, has, that we've allowed into our life in some way, and we give it to Him, and He takes it, and of course He forgives us, and we thank God for that. Psalm 51, verse 2, 
this psalm was David was repenting after his adultery with Bathsheba. He said, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. You know, that's that's what they were doing here. That's what he was referring to. Listen to Second Corinthians, chapter seven, verse one. He says, having, therefore, these precious promises, dearly beloved, let us here we go. Cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. So those are sins. You know, some of us get real hard on people that uh, that do these outwardly sins. Uh, but uh, but you can visually see. But he's just also talking about the inward that we can't see. But we do see the we see the fruit of those things. But he said this. Cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness and the fear of God. You know, we uh, some of you have a, a trash service uh, that that comes by. We do. We use Waste Pro, and uh, there's Garbage Hound or whatever. There's a couple other different ones on our road, and uh, and every what day is it? I can't. Is it Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. By the way, Thomas, so whoever's been you've been doing a good job being consistent on that. I don't know which one of you kids. But I've uh, been, been coming out, uh, taking it out, getting it out there in time. Because here's the thing. If you miss a day, hmm, it's just if you miss that, taking it at 50 feet out to the side of the road, I go ahead and tell you, he ain't getting out of that truck. He's not going to stop and say, oh, look there, the Jennings. Man, they must have had a busy week. Let me hop out of here and go over there and get that can. Now, your garbage man may do that. That's a, you count it a blessing. You count it a blessing if you got one that'll do that. But that's not the case. You got to get it out there. So they come by, he picks it up, dumps it in, and on his merry way. Well, listen, the child of God ought to be doing a dump with his trash in his heart that comes in from sin, just giving it to the, the Lord every day. Giving it to the Lord every day so the, so the fact that we can just release the garbage that builds up in our mind and our heart, it just collects and it's, and it's filthy. That's why we do understand here, he says it's the filthiness that comes into our life. It's get rid of it. Get rid of it. Every single day. That's what God wants. And it's, and it's confessing it to him. It's releasing it to him. And therefore, we can have lives that are free from sin. Because you know what sin does? These little things in our life. It hinders the power of God. It keeps us from what I'm about to talk to you about in the next gate. It keeps the work of the Holy Spirit from just blessing others through our life. Notice the next gate. The next gate is the fountain gate. You go on down to verse 15, and he says, But the gate of the fountain repaired Shalun, the son of Kolheze, the ruler of part of Mitzvah. He built it and covered it. And set up the doors thereof, and the locks thereof, and the bars thereof, and the wall of the pool of Silo by the king's garden, and unto the stairs that go down from the city 
of David. The fountain gate. This is the fountain gate near near the, the pool of, of Silo and was often used by the people for, for cleaning before proceeding on to the temple for worship. So what is this a picture of? I believe it is a picture and application to the work of the Holy Spirit. The fountain. And you know, it's interesting because Jesus used the same type of terminology as far as the, the, the living water, the fountain of water he spoke of. Listen to this. Mark it in your Bible or your notes. John chapter 7, verses 38 through 39. He says this. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, I love this. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Amen. And then verse 9, it clarifies, it says, But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Hey, our lives ought to be free of that waste and junk that collects up. It ought to be free of that. That ought to be confessed every day throughout the day. I told the kids that I say kids, I told the teens this morning, I was teaching their Sunday school. Um, I said, look, don't 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 let things build up in your life. Because you want to have a testimony that just humbling yourself and just admitting when you're wrong goes so far and and just and just letting the Lord ha- let you have the power of a clear conscience there's there's nothing that that beats that and when you're when you're walking in the spirit my friends you want to be right with God what kind of river do you have flowing through you tonight is it a river of life i know uh uh Veneta, we haven't we haven't we haven't sung it as much uh, since since you haven't been there, but I like that song you used to do, and we have done it one or two times. But I got a river of life. That's a great kid song. Uh, I've got a river of life flowing out of me, makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. And then it does says some other things I can't remember right now. But but it is it is a it is a fun and 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 blessed song. That speaks of the truth of the Holy Spirit flowing through us. And I think that, brother, I don't, Christian, you said something. I don't know if it was in freedom that last or, or uh, just a prayer meeting. But you talked about how let the Holy Spirit flow through us and just let people just get right there in the, in the, in the, in the river. Just let the river run right around them and bless them too. And that, that's your life. And you say something like that, brother Christian? Yeah. Yeah, just just let it flow out of your life. And uh, that's the fountain gate. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And uh, the truth is, God didn't save you to be a reservoir, but a channel that his life can flow through. A reservoir just collects water and it's, it's just it can just get stagnant. But but nevertheless, that's not to be your life and my life. Let the water flow through the fountain gate. And then, notice, similar, similar here, the water gate. That's in, um, that's here a little further down. Uh, we get down to verse 26. Verse 26. Moreover, 
the Nethinims dwelt in Ophel unto the place over against the water gate toward the east and the tower that lieth out. The water gate led down to the, the, the Gihon Spring, which was located adjacent to the Kidron Valley. And so what is this water speaking of? Well, you know what in the Bible, many, many, many times, water is symbolic of the Word of God. And we know that in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26, he's speaking of Christ's relationship with the church. He says that he may sanctify and cleanse it, the church, with the washing of water by the, by the Word. And that is the Word of God. The Word of God cleanses. And it's also speaking of Jesus Christ, because he is the water of life. And, uh, and every man that drinketh of him, uh, can, can come freely and do that. It is, it is the wonderful word of God. It is important, so important that we have a great relationship with this book right here. Amen. This book right here. I hope you love your Bible. I know I do this sometimes and it may seem foolish, but I, I don't care. You ought to hug your Bible. I mean that. You watch videos of people that never had the Word of God uh, over when the Iron Curtain fell. And they got videos of it. They got testimonies. These people have gotten the Word of God for the first time in their life. And they received the Bible and they started kissing it. They were just... They were just thanking God. They were just kissing the Word of God. They were so thankful. They embraced it. They loved it. Hey, God's people ought to have that kind of relationship with the Bible. We got the whole Bible. We got God's precious Word. And we study this Word. We meditate on it. We memorize it. How many here tonight are currently memorizing Scripture? I'm thankful freedom that lasts. Man, it's put a... Put a fire in me, uh, a renewal in me, because it's required in our book. And I'm like, man, this is a great discipline to reestablish. It's the memorization of Scripture. And uh, it, it is so very important. Why? Because this water of the Word, it cleanses us. I, I hope that you, you come and you listen to the preaching. There's a cleansing going on as I preach the Word of God. As you go to your Sunday school class and your teacher is teaching the Word of God, there's a cleansing taking place. Hey, I'm telling you, as you listen to preaching during the week, when you're going down the road or a, a podcast where the, the Word of God is being taught or preached, there's a cleansing taking place. Just get, let the Word of God get in you and work in you and help you. It's, it's wonderful. It is wonderful. I, I, I'm thankful that we can get clean through the Word of God by reading and heeding. It's important. It's not just reading, but it is heeding. And, uh, you know, there's, you guys remember that old commercial? I don't know if they still do it, honestly. I don't know that I've ever, I, I've seen it advertised in a long time. But you, you know the, uh, zest soap, bar soap? That's some good stuff, by the way. You, you know, Alex doesn't agree with that. But that's all right. But uh, I'm not going to ask you what you use, brother. But anyway, uh, maybe Irish Spring or something or Dial or whatever. But Zest. You remember Zest? You remember the commercial for Zest? They, I, these people that come up with these commercials, they come up with some good ones that just sticks in your head. You remember, you know where I'm going, don't you? You're not fully clean unless you're... 
There it is. Zest fully clean. That's You remember that. I remember that. That's a good soap. But let me tell you, spiritually speaking, listen, you're not fully clean unless you're Bible fully clean. We got to get clean through the word, ladies and gentlemen, and God will help us to do that. I, I hope that each of us will go out this week and and be in the word and our devotions be renewed in that. I hope that we won't just. Ignore it. I hope we won't be negligent. Um, just letting the Word of God work. Talk about it with someone at your workplace. Ask them what they got out of the Word this week. Uh, hey, listen, don't ever t- hesitate to ask me. Uh, Pastor, what are you getting out of your devotions recently? You know, uh, let's ask each other. Let's be honest. I think it's a great conversation, don't you? Hey, what's God, what God teach you from the Word this week? I think that's a wonderful discipline, a wonderful practice for God's people to do and, uh, and to talk about it. It's a great thing. And I'm grateful for God's Word. And I hope that we'll love it and embrace it and appreciate it. Because that gate, if it's not up where it needs to be, and as we think, if, it's, if the water gate, is not functioning, the fountain gate, the dung gate, where we can give God the waste of our lives. And He take it, and He'll burn it up. He forgives it with His precious blood. He'll consume it, because He is able to do that. But also think about the valley gate tonight. Oh, how God's doing a work in our hearts as He takes us through the valleys of life. Those things need to be built up, because they're important. And so tonight... Let's remember these, and we'll pick up next time with the horse gate uh, that we'll find uh, toward the end of the chapter. We'll look at the horse gate, the east gate, and the gate of Mifkad. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Lord, thank you for the valleys. Lord, thank you the truth around the dung gate. Lord, a, a place that was filthy. But, Lord, you had a very practical purpose for that. With all the animals that were there and all the trash that was there, Lord, you had a place for all those things to be released. And, Lord, I just pray that we would understand that we have the throne of grace, that we can confess our sins, and you are faithful and just to cleanse us. Thank you for that. And, Lord, I want to thank you tonight also for... Uh, the fountain gate and the water gate. We rejoice in the power of the Holy Spirit. We rejoice in the Word of God. Help us to love our Bibles and help us to be, oh Lord, just filled with you this week. Change our lives and Lord, help us to touch others around us with your wonderful love. Let's take some time.